Hello and welcome to This Contains Garlic. You are here with your hosts, Georgia Garlic and... Mark Garlic. And we are back for episode eight. Today we are talking about... Menstrual cycles. Oh, Mark was quick to jump in on that one. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about periods and everything that comes with it, really. The um, enjoyment of having a period every month and also um, effects it can have, obviously, throughout the month with training and nutrition as well as um, how you manage sort of your working day. Um, yeah, and, and just general decision-making when it comes to the changes and fluctuations within that period of the month yeah. and how it impacts you both physically and mentally um, and the observations we have as coaches um, when it comes to clients and their internal narrative. Yeah, we mentioned just this before, in general, actually, on, it, um, you know check-ins sometimes we obviously do weekly check-ins with our clients and you know there is a very it's so obvious when it it does get to that you know menstrual cycle phase in the sense of menstruation or like luteal phase Mm. that people's sort of mind automatically is very negative and I do think this also starts and stems from like education at school um, because women, in my opinion, should really be prepared for both menstrual cycles and menopause from a very early age. And yeah. we're never really ever spoken about with this, apart I mean, from like, be- here's a sanitary pad. Yeah, you know? it's becoming more and more, more and more spoken about. But the information being put out is very, is very good. Um, but there are certain adjustments and certain self-care habits that can be added to ensure um, navigating the fluctuations of hormones, whether it's before um, menopause or after menopause and during just normal menstruation that help um well, I guess it alleviates. I don't really of, like to say that anything alleviates symptoms. Because, no, of course you know, not. And obviously, periods for a woman, you know, at the start of obviously like going into, you know, like, you know, a teenage girl going through those, you know, it's one of these things which until probably about a couple of years ago mm-hmm. has been quite a taboo subject in the sense of like people willing to speak about them. And I think if you are in our industry, for example, and you are dealing with majority female clients. And I would like, I would probably make quite a big statement, but it's quite true for us, you know, in the sense of our clientele, we work with pretty much like 85% women and yeah. 15% men. And, you know, a lot of the time, women really do care about how they look and feel, and they mm-hmm. can be very sensitive or hypersensitive to that. And so if you are a trainer or a coach or anything, and you don't understand that, a client goes through this every yeah. month and how that you can help them yeah. you know you're you're effectively you know you're not dealing with a male client let's just say no. that you're dealing with a female client that goes through these changes and if you're not prepared to with the knowledge you're assuming that that month you know is going to go swimmingly well and you're going to start to question when maybe things don't go as well or I what. think as you need to like George said you need to be very adhe- as a coach especially be on the ball when it comes to expectations and, and programming slash planning for a female client, um, because having high expectations at different phases in a woman's menstrual cycle, when maybe it's dietary, maybe it's the programming in terms of volume, um, 
you know, this can come down to whether or not it's going to be successful and an enjoyable for that female client, depending on what time of the month it is. So, yeah. You and, know. you know, as we said before, you know, there are some people, we mentioned this probably on a previous episode, mm. but every individual goes through different changes in the sense of obviously every woman will go through menopause, every woman will have a menstrual cycle. Some people choose to delay it, some people choose to go on the contraceptive yeah. pill. But I think, you know, in terms of GPs, GPs would normally put you on the, the uh, contraceptive pill without addressing anything to do with your lifestyle. And it's one of those things that if you never have embraced your period as much as we probably don't want to embrace the period sometimes, you know, you're not going to understand how your body changes through that month or mm. how you can potentially manage it. Yeah, and so, like, especially if your journey is weight loss um, and the uh, fluctuations of weight as the body yeah. regulates different hormones and different hormones become predominant, the your body is going to fluctuate. Um, does that mean you're going to be putting on body fat? No, but then understanding when the body is potentially going to fluctuate helps you with your own internal narrative as uh, a female or as a coach when a client comes to you and says, well, I've been adhering to calories and all the other self-care habits, but my weight seems to be going in the wrong direction. Mm. It's uh, a coach can then sit down if they and w if and when they understand a client's menstrual cycle and sit them down and say right so statistically we might be in phase x this is when we start to see an increase in water retention um i think and even it helps. before you get there i think there's this really yeah. important thing where before you embark on any journey um obviously we're talking specific to women here but you know i think that this education should be right at the fucking start like you know it should mm. be something that is accessible for people to read into and have free resources on and yeah. i know now there are but you know you've really got to search for some you know some of it sometimes yeah. and especially with like you know we said on another podcast that you know nutrition and exercise should be seen as a way mm. of life rather than being implemented in it's the same with menstrual cycles there's no escaping it you know and being able to understand yeah. that at certain points that you are feeling a certain way is, is a very powerful tool at the end of the day yeah and being prepared and i guess you know and i guess we also need to touch on like there are some people regardless of what they do are always going to have yeah like me more more <laughs> adverse symptoms of hormonal changes than others yeah, where like some people are. With some, I've dealt with clients that yeah. literally like just don't don't even get bothered yeah, by it, like you know, and they're just like, thing. oh, whatever. But I would say a lot more percentage-wise, in the sense yeah. of group, would really go through some mega changes. Like I'm currently literally a couple of days out of mine, and I literally can't even like function properly in my head. <laughs> and I know, and every single month i literally know i'm like i know I, I have this rage inside of me that suddenly just comes out and everything annoys me nothing i can think clearly i can't be decisive on things i feel like yeah. i'm all very flustered and i know i mean like i'm your a hunger coach. levels I've, change i've tracked this period well. for years now you know yeah. and i know that this happens you know every three weeks that you're going to have the run up to obviously bleeding and feeling shit but still it does take you by surprise in a sense because you just think oh 
oh god that's why I'm crying do you know what I mean like literally mm. like we it took us how many times to start this podcast because Mark it just, always takes us about eight attempts to get things yeah going, but regardless. today was just on another level because Mark likes to wind me up and I'm just not in the mood to be wound up right now yeah um, but it's so inter- <laughs> it's entertaining Okay, do not use my menstrual cycle for your entertainment, Mark, <laughs> because otherwise you are not in striking distance, but the podcast will be ending right now. It's <laughs> good for the keeping spice in the marriage. Spice in the marriage. Anyway, yeah. I think starting with the fact that we're not going to go through every phase of your period, because as we said, you know, days can different, you know, be different for every individual. Yeah. Some periods, you know, obviously some research. Some people have longer periods than others. I mean, some like research says that some people start. And there up. are some people that have polycystic ovary syndrome, for example, that m- might not have any form of um, yeah. menstrual cycle. Yeah, and also those that have potentially lost their menstrual cycle due to either being, you know, there's a number of... Medically induced or... Um, But there are times with, like, periods where, you know, it gets, you know, symptoms become more heightened. It starts to very much affect your day-to-day life. And that's the period we're going to talk about, funny, that Mm. period we're going to talk Hmm. about. Um, And that tends to be... The luteal phase, which is, you know, the end part of the cycle going into obviously bleeding. Um, and this is the point and where we would see as coaches the, the most amount of uh, mental change in a client. Yeah. Um, and so I think first or first, most important thing that we get asked with periods is food and nutrition and mm. being able to adhere to Certain potentially a goal or target. You know, as course. I said, not all life is not all about targets, you know, and I would right. like to reiterate this. We're not going from this in a weight loss standpoint. We are going from this in a lifestyle standpoint. Yeah. But and understand Yeah, we're not gonna we're not telling you that life needs to run by targets. So yeah. I just want to say if that, you, you know, if you're that way inclined and that's what your goals uh, are pointing towards then obviously it makes common sense that just have some targets but, but in a general scene you know, just we'll, living a healthy lifestyle yeah, you know it's still as very hormones important. fluctuate your dietary requirements and tastes are going to want to fluctuate and every person's different some people some ladies go savory some ladies prefer sweets and you know, this is when you start to statistically see a bump up in calorie intake because of those hormonal changes and shifts. Which, so just as a coach, out. understanding um, a client's cycle, this is where you can start to implement different strategies. Uh, or if you're very target or goal orientated, you, you potentially can strip it back a little bit so that you can allow yourself some more dietary flexibility during that period of time yeah i mean as i would like to you know i was just about to say that like i wanted to point out that you know if you're spending you know large time you know say for example your goal is weight loss um then obviously you want to manage those expectations where you still want to adhere to something and understand it but if you're doing it from a sort of way of life perspective and understand you know you want to make sure that your nutrition that you intake, uh, you know, could potentially be seen as sort of like, not three weeks on, one week off in the sense, but it could be structured in a way where you go in quite confident with Mm. the way you manage it. Now, it's always going to take you by surprise, as I said. Um, And with nutrition, 
when you're when you go through the luteal phase of your period statistically your body temperature will increase due to the fact um well one obviously your hormones are changing and two the fact that your bmr is obviously slightly increased and your bmr is your basal metabolic rate and this actually has quite a positive well, positive effect on what your you know intake food intake could be a day because statistically if you are um at a higher bmr in the sense of you know uh, expenditure intake then you will be allowed to intake a little bit more food than what you're used to so around your period in that luteal phase um, into menstruation depending on how your symptoms are you know you could and can increase your calories by on average they say I mean between 200 to I guess 400 depending on the client and their journey and what's going on um calories per day and so that can really help you if you are feeling like you're about to go you know sort of balls deep <laughs> not balls deep because we're not a man but like you know we're going to go deep into the cupboard and get out all the biscuits you know you could structure in that sort of extra calories to allow for you to I guess not be so food focused the whole time. Yeah, I think the the main thing is is also keeping it very simple and mm. easy with regards to food choices. Um, at that period of time, you see a lot of people uh, struggle to make decisions. They find normal uh, everyday tasks a lot more stressful, and the general narrative uh, generally is negative. Mm. So you want to be able to set yourself up so that it's second-hand nature you're not having to make hard decisions you're not having to rely on motivation and you're at least putting yourself in the best position to be positive or have yeah. some some uh, progressive outlook on your self-care habits I just think that also though like if you're not following targets and say you're not you know you're not tracking things currently you know there is always that thing where you know it's okay to have days where you consume more food. Mm. Like it's totally, yeah. absolutely fucking normal. And there are going to be those times where you are never going to be 100% perfect with this. Mm. In no way is this podcast here to tell you like, if you do it by X amount of calories a day, you'll be absolutely fine. Nothing will affect you. You know what I mean? It's just here to say that it's okay, do you know what I mean? To you have gone over things, do you know what I mean? It's very normal when you are feeling quite uh, brain fog you know brain fog and you can't really think that clearly to not make the wisest mm. nutritional choices and you know sometimes we need to embrace that in a way like you know as we said you know if you have a very specific goal then obviously you don't want to disappoint yourself 24 7 or make the situation that yeah. you've you know achieved worse but you're highly unlikely to really do that unless you are in taking vast amounts of calories per day like you know as we say your weight will fluctuate whether you've Regardless. eaten you know yeah. more or not you know and that's something you know my physique can go from looking like something and it's not I've only not. yeah it's not only the way you look and feel but it's also joint pain and overall pain in general heightens around the luteal phase so you can maybe feel like it could be lower back, it could be your knees or ankles or or any joint um, that starts to feel impacted or in, or heightened in terms of pain management 
um, in and around I think that's important when, you, when you're exercising, say yeah. you're exercising, whether it's lifting, running, you know, anything that you enjoy doing in terms of exercise. You know, there are times where you sometimes think like, you feel like your body's pretty inflamed. You're like, I'm not really sure why. Like, why have I suddenly got hip pain? Or mm. like, I get a really weird, I was saying to you earlier, Mark, I get this really weird, like dull, like jaw ache. And I, it's always around the time and I can't work out, you know, and then I've clocked it over the past few months, what it is and why it happens. And sometimes you can be like, oh God, my hip hurts and go and over fucking stretch and mm. do all of this stuff when actually it's just you know hormonal, hormonal change. yeah hormonal and you know understanding that is something which gives you the better i guess like step ahead i think i feel I, I w especially working with loads and loads of female clients it's providing an understanding which then helps to nurture an internal narrative so if people understand or ladies understand why their weight fluctuates or suddenly goes up even though that they've been being diligent with their exercise and their nutrition and you're like no, no need to be concerned it's just hormonal fluctuations or the reason why you're feeling this way maybe physically or in or mentally is it's coinciding with these hormonal adjustments and then generally people are like oh okay that's quite interesting to know um and take that into consideration going forward which places a hell of a lot less expectation um on the client or on the on on a female to you know be a certain way or or feel a certain yeah, way but or like weigh me a being certain way a female would say that sometimes you don't want to hear stuff like that and it's fine i just as i yeah. said like it's better in my opinion taking a situation right at the start of coaching somebody or right yeah. and so to say like this is what's going to happen rather than when we get to it which yeah. is totally normal to navigate when we get to it like oh okay you're feeling not great remember you know what i mean like yeah, X, y, i think it's very hard for, for, as a man who's never gone through a hormonal change extensively apart from self-induced performance enhancing drugs that i mean roid rage and things like that do Please I think those are a thing? Compare. Not really. No, but I'm just saying that's the only thing I can relate to. Well, when and was the first no... time you heard... When When was the first... No, you're going to be like, that's a really dumb question. But when was the first time yeah. you had been told that women went through a period every month? Because you grew up in a whole family of boys. I doubt yeah, it was... I'm trying to think now. Like, did you know that your mum went through a period? Not that... I mean, it's yeah. Well, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine, yeah, but like in terms of understanding anything outside of like time, like no, like I would say yes and no at the same time. Yes in like a general knowledge sense, but no in the, in any form of nuance. Yeah, well, what age was that then? I just um, asked you. I'm just trying to think. When did you actually I as a child... Did you know as a child? Did you know as a teenager? No, I'd say about from about 16 onwards. 
Well, it's because you need to avoid getting a woman pregnant. That's probably why. Yeah, you I think that's when you start to, you start to. That's the only reason to, that yeah. fucks me off so much that men will learn about it because it comes down to okay, well, just like please don't do anything inside of her, thanks, because she could be pregnant. And when you get to age fifteen or sixteen, I think you start to only like, trigger onto that when you start to obviously get to the age where you're sexually interested in other the other sex. Well, you told me sex. you weren't sexually interested in the other sex for many, many years. Yeah, after but it doesn't mean you can't have some level of general knowledge well that's what i asked you you just said you didn't have yeah, a general about 16, knowledge but i'm but saying you know, the it becomes more is... prevalent when as a young man you start like you said well yeah it starts when courting you start a young, dipping it a young in lady. and you need to be fucking responsible yeah like, that's like, it, that, but i would say it is quite sad but i would I would think that a lot of women wouldn't actually know about this stuff till much later in life as well. Mm. Um, as I said, you know, I was... Oh, my God. I don't think even in there's biology no, we even really yeah, There's no this. reliable source of information back in the day apart from glossy magazines, which are not reliable in any way. No, but even way. when you had sex ed as but a girl yeah, at school, not, like, it wasn't... It was more about, no. like, don't get pregnant rather than this is what happens to your body every month. I really don't remember anything being taught to us about you know it's apart from like don't get chlamydia literally it was like okay that's cool that's mm. it you know done yeah, and dusted. like i said it was always just i hope it maybe changed but you know also periods are really expensive things it really annoys mm. me and i my sister were, has got her own company where she's developing everything for women and she's done a lot of research in just you know period poverty like worldwide and the accessibility of you know stuff even like tampons and sanitary pads for women and it is one of these in a lot of different cultures it's not something that's spoken about in the uk and the us it's something that in is more spoken about due to the fact that that's probably where most industry leaders and you know experts are coming from in the sense of their worldwide um research and knowledge but it is one of these things where, you know, it gets a period, you know, you need to understand these things from a young age. Like we'll say this time and time again, mm. it's like understanding how to get a mortgage or how to pay fucking tax mm. or, you know, I'm not saying that finance has got anything to do with menstrual but it cycles, also ne- but they should know. It's not equally just for uh, women, it's also for men to understand. Yeah, uh, but babe, when we were outside, did we not see those school children, those boys, like literally mouthing off at like the teachers? It yes. was like, fuck you, you're sexually harassing me. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they'd gone but and said, why are you so... No, but imagine trying to teaching a group of, you know... I, you would say probably quite badly behaved boys at a certain age when you're growing up not saying that I was any better behaved but yeah. you as boys are more you know if you went to an all boys school imagine trying to sit down a boy in a class talking about you can just imagine oh it's a fucking vagina it would just be like oh vag fucking love it you know what I mean it wouldn't be like oh okay doesn't so mean that it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that that it should be discouraged from it from teaching both sexes the importance but you can see whether or not it's going to be productive or not like i think in terms of a female understanding first would be wise but also i would say from when you get older you know spain has just brought in a three-day menstrual cycle holiday for every woman that is the most fantastic fucking idea i have Mm. ever heard and that you know, when you go and get employed, like I've worked in, most of my life has been in quite male-dominated industries. You know, yeah. not only is the fitness industry as much as you see a nice pair of glutes on Instagram 24-7, mm, more it is women. more male-dominated. Um, and so 
I've also previous to this worked in property, you know, and that's also a more male dominated um, environment. And I don't think those that employ you even understand if they're a man, that the reason you're, I don't know, maybe women are not that productive that week or they can't hit their targets or they're very stressed or they feel like shit's hitting the fan. You know, this is added emotion. It it should be known as employers. And if anything, you know, when you have those sort of HR manuals, I'm not sure because obviously we work for ourselves, but it's, I'm not sure what it's like now. I think some companies might be willing to, you know, well, menopause is obviously another topic that we're definitely going to cover on Mm. a podcast. And that's something that is definitely being spoken more about in work environments because of the women of those ages that statistically go through menopause later on, they're in sort of the pinnacle of their, you know, um, career and it's a really hard time to be able to manage Mm. but it's exactly the same as if you are a 25 year old or a 30 year old woman who is trying to get somewhere in a workplace and there is going to be that time or that week or a few days in the month Mm. where you literally don't want to be at work or you don't you can't function properly and you are feeling discouraged because nobody really else around you understands so i think you know everything that we're going like i would love to be able to see like in educational systems like menstrual cycles and menopause because this is stuff that is happening and will happen being spoken about more and not in the sense of like here's how you put a tampon in an applicator do you know what I mean it's not we need to be understanding these changes that happen to us every single month and so that we are prepared for year and year after for this to happen you know Um, But going on from that, I think it's important, you know, as we said, we were talking about the nutritional part and, you know, giving yourself that ability to have, you know, a little bit more food or being able to increase potentially the foods you really want into your diet. But there's also some ways that you can manage and a big factor that changes around your period is your sleep. And we were thinking actually maybe we'll do a podcast on sleep today but actually we're doing menstrual cycles but um sleep is is massively affected because of your increase in body temperature it makes it much much harder to not have a restless night of sleep and that in its own right lack of sleep equals hunger hormone havoc and so when you are around your period that's also another thing where if you can try and make your sleep environment as you know comfortable for you as you can i'm talking what would you say is sleep environment mark you know dim, um, cool environment cool environment <laughs> make sure it's cold so around about 17 18 degrees Absolute apparently is the right now, sweet though. spot yeah which would be quite difficult like then you need uh, a dark environment so blackout blinds Limit your white light prior to bed or stimulating um, content, so like social media or television yeah. or work. Um, and like make sure that a maybe... meal before your um, sleep, if you're having huge meals uh, just before going to bed, that's going to impact your sleep quality and duration and your body cycling through different REM cycles. So you want to have your largest meal about two to three hours prior to bed for optimal sleep. And then you can also regulate your body temperature by having a hot shower pre-bed because 
you need your body temperature to hit uh, its lowest point for you to get full restorative uh, benefits from from sleeping in general. Okay, but if your body temperature's increased, a way that you could manage yeah. that is sometimes I don't want to have a hot shower because sometimes that I'm already like having a hot flush. I don't need anything more hot around me. But I would say that potentially then you'd go in with preparing with like a lighter duvet or just yeah, or a sheet, sheet or, or like, you know, like something where you're not then sleeping with your normal necessarily like accessories we could call them and actually you're preparing that you know you probably are going to wake up very hot like i have incredibly i wake up probably three or four times a night when i'm around my period it's very annoying because that also has an effect on your your you know the way your yeah, mind works you'll just wa basis. you'll just wake up feeling tired and you know yes yeah, just, just when your alarm goes off yeah. and you literally just think why um but, yeah. you know, these are the things with, you know, nutrition, obviously, as we said, you know, give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, Increasing your flexibility is probably the best thing that you can, you know, because a lot of people, when they embark on a personal journey, we all, to a certain degree, feel or have some negative connotations towards certain food groups that are just ingrained in us from years and years of diet culture. So you know when you are feeling like you want to eat those foods especially when it's uh cravings are increased and then you feel like you need to restrict them because of those old diet culture narratives when in reality you should either budget your calories if you're adhering to a goal or like georgia said allow yourself a little bit of extra food so that you can include the things that you like and are craving during that uh and i do i just i i also just want to say like there's so many people that don't track and if you as we said like if there is a weight loss goal you know these are great tactics to bring in around your period mm. but if you are just living your life then you know you you likely as we said taste buds will change yeah. you know so you can run with it you know it's not to say you can't eat nutritionally dense foods or no, like a sure. good protein amount but you know you also got to realize that I know diet culture has been ingrained in so many people and I think it, that diet culture only really comes strongly out when somebody is wanting to lose weight. But if you're just mm. living on a day-to-day -day life, you are on average going to be intaking foods that you enjoy and that we have accessibility to, which is obviously the convenience foods, what you could call as processed foods. I mean, every food's processed, but, you know, I'm talking refined and all of that stuff, you know like the chocolate the crisps and all the th things that comes with it like as humans we are naturally going to have that like we are going to reach for that as like a bit of a comfort blanket and i just you know as i said before in this podcast like don't feel like you can't change things up you don't need to be regimented over your period as to what you potentially would be before and also you can just change up your nutrition like most of the time they say obviously studies say to eat more protein around your period but statistically, what the research also says is that women don't choose not to. They choose not yeah. to because they've just got no taste for it. Yeah, like why would, like obviously I I eat meat and fish, but yeah. sometimes I crave like a higher fat fish, like salmon, like you mm. know. But I'm not thinking about like some nice chicken or like a steak or anything like that. No, I'm, more palatable foods or cuts of meat or you know more calorie dense foods in, in general yeah 
and then sometimes I get, as I've said, I get weird fucking cravings, and that's totally normal. I mm. normally embrace those cravings and eat exactly what I thought. Like I said in the previous podcast, like ham and cheese sandwich, that's like something that I just got to action. Do you know mm. what I mean? So then I get it out of my head. But um, the food focus obviously is going to increase, and this is something yeah. that if you can try and manage it with the things that we've said, then you're going to be a little bit better yeah, off. Yeah, I guess you couple that with increased food focus from hormonal changes. And you add in social media, which is obviously uh, readily available to show you foods, highly palatable foods yeah. that increases your food focus even further. And just and like to say, actually, it makes it really bad currently because completely a side note to menstrual cycles, but social media is now obviously their whole aim is the most engaging content. So if your content is not like incredibly creative or engaging, then like good luck. So food is doing like I I am an avid food like follower on Instagram. It's a real issue when I really want something. But like I love watching things go from start to finish and that's why I love watching food be created. Mm -hmm. But it is that thing where like if you're sat, it's like probably when you did a bodybuilding competition, competition and you sit and you can't have something because mm. you know you can't and you go and watch Tasty's videos, do you know what I mean? Of just like an Oreo milkshake with whipped cream. All and day, <laughs> any waking moment you are consuming food. Yeah, like you food, just want to, you, yeah, you just think about just food. all day. And as I said, like that's why I think it's important. Sometimes you give it to yourself. You don't feel like, you know, because that mm. in its own right is quite restrictive, you mm. know saying you can't necessarily have something when actually you could just have it you yeah, know what i mean if you're in a prep for a show you've yeah but if we're talking about a menstrual cycle and you deciding to step on the show in a tiny yeah, little pair no. of trunks yeah, i, I guess we should also maybe discuss like loss obviously the loss of periods and and menstrual cycles can come from you know reducing your body fat down to a point where you no longer have a menstrual cycle um, yeah like if you went on for bodybuilding shows like yeah. i would say in sense of a challenge like it's one of those things barring the posing because i mm. physically just can't even look at myself doing that i would probably have competed if there wasn't so many downfalls to it knowing mm. myself like you know i know that like from being previously very very overweight mm. that going in and literally because you're going to guarantee probably potentially lose your period majority mm. of people we know that compete at a serious level have lost yeah. their periods and not only that it's that reverse out and if you've had that mentality of an all or nothing approach or yeah. you know that's when you're going to be like okay competing's not right for me and that's exactly why i have never competed but in the sense of the challenge I've got it, mm. but in a sense of what it could do to my body afterwards, maybe not. And that's why I think when it goes into, if you're thinking of competing, because we do get some people that ask us about this, as a female, please do it properly. Like yeah. you need a coach from weeks out, not just eight like a man could do, you know, eight weeks out and just, you know, roid yourself up. You need weeks and weeks and weeks in advance to not only have, you know, to put yourself in the best position to be able to then reverse diet out of a show properly rather than going and regaining shit tons of body weight and you know potentially losing your period along the way um but also there's a lot of there's also a lot of women that don't have a period due to not competing and it's due to maybe something medically um that's yeah. happened or could be environmental it could be lifestyle stress it could be a, 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 a variety of but some most of the facts come down to uh 
on your generalized obviously please don't take this as if you are individually going through this but a generalized thing is the fact that if your body fat levels are too low um, you are at risk of losing your period and so if you are in this position now your best way is to start really being aware of how much food you are intaking how much nutrition you can actually you know get in your body a day because that's you know not always going to be the complete answer but it would give you probably the result that you want which is getting your period back mm. um if you are and you haven't had a period you know for a long time and you haven't thought that potentially there is something up i would just say maybe try and address the it now because you know the damage it can do to your body years down the line is quite huge on your hormones so if you are sat listening to this and maybe you haven't experienced a you know period in a very long time and maybe you are sat at quite a low body fat like look to reaching out you can reach out to us we can help you address you know the start of trying to get that period back for you because as i said in the beginning of this podcast you know it's about actually understanding why we have a period and like your body needs it you know what i mean and sometimes we there's so many ways to stop periods now and you know and people find it obviously sometimes nicer not having a period you know but if you have lost it and it's not due to you know pregnancy or anything like that then i would say to look straight on at your nutrition currently um to be able to help that I think what we should go on to is actually training around um, yeah. periods because, yeah. I mean, obviously exercise is something that a lot of people do partake in on mm. a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, what would you say that a client potentially experiences? Or what would you say that you would program for a client coming up to periods, you know, would you, would you suggest for them to do, you know, less volume or um. to keep... Because the science says that statistically you shouldn't let go of the weight not let go of the weights but you shouldn't necessarily reduce the amount of weight you lift no, especially you just throughout bleeding yeah you just statistically there's no drop in strength when the studies were conducted looking at the maximal i think it was one to three rep max of certain compound movements um compared to when uh ladies at different stages within their menstrual cycle and the study came to the conclusion that the relative strength and absolute strength remained relatively the same and the best way to manage uh, the menstrual cycle is to maybe adjust volume depending on the individual so you know like we said this is all very individual depending on the person one woman can have debilitating signs and symptoms and one woman not so much so um, it's a case-on-case basis depending on the individual from a coaching standpoint and uh, it's within the coach's due diligence to um, register and pick up these signs and signals from their female clients so that they can make adjustments to the periodization of their programming uh, prior to or not not prior to but during the the coaching experience yeah i mean like with training you know 
I think the week before you start obviously bleeding is the time where your energy levels will have dropped significantly and mm. that's when you're going to fatigue a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, so like, keep the weight the same and then drop the reps down a couple of I see, I of just, reps. I kind of think, you know, as you said, the individual case, like with me, I probably wouldn't try to lift most because I probably, in my mind, am telling myself, like, you know, I probably yeah, can't but, lift as much or I feel very tired. And so... In my, I would rather reduce slightly the weight and increase the volume, being honest. Like yesterday. But that is, I, I was, hate to admit, but you are a statistical outlier when it comes to that. So well, like Georgia trains so hard. No, don't, I'm not is, some fucking psychopath. You, you train, no, not, I'm not saying you're so a psycho. It's too hard. I'm just don't trying to give you a compliment and oh, okay. say that Georgia trains very, very hard. So just <laughs> take weird. everything with you. What? Like no, but I'm saying yesterday, no, I'm not saying, but I am, I have been an average individual. You before. have been. Yes, and so I can tense. see both sides of it. Like yesterday when I went into the gym and I was doing, I was training my shoulders, and I literally couldn't lift like half the amount of weight I could normally lift there. And that can feel quite demoralizing, carrying on pushing for numbers. So mm. that's why I say that actually, even though you might be at your strongest or you could still lift it, if you're mixing in the likes of potentially information around the joints at that time, combination of all those things where you don't feel like you're fatigued and you can't necessarily lift with the best focus mm. should you still be pushing for numbers throughout your period probably not you should be taking yourself but into some maybe people, a lighter some people would also like to lift a heavier weight just for less reps yeah but that's power lifting it's like one rep drop no. it on the floor you know like <laughs> i didn't say one rep but Take going from 10 down to six, most people but would be very happy. As a to coach, do that. I would prefer my client if they were experiencing, say, for example, you had a bit of knee pain or lower back pain around your period, which sure. is totally normal. Yeah. Going and telling them to go and hit a number well, or continue to try and hit that number. Yeah, but you wouldn't if they came in and had back pain. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. If you mix the combination together, actually, is that week where you're feeling fatigued worthwhile? Yeah, but you wouldn't want to numbers? add more volume to a person with birth back pain so anyway. It's not adding what I'm saying for myself, Mark, before right, we have right. an argument. <laughs> I'm saying that I would potentially increase volume. Like you just said, I train too bloody hard for anybody to realise. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying that actually... As much as the science might say that a woman shouldn't or, you know, not shouldn't, but, you know, can still lift that weight mm. prior to her period, you know, her bleeding starting, I personally wouldn't go down that route for a general population client. I wouldn't aim, you know, that is the time where you are going to be feeling joint pain, fatigue and all the rest of it. So maybe aiming for those numbers on those for certain days you don't feel like are not what you should be striving for. And actually just understanding yes. that maybe and just moving your body. Vo and adding more volume would also be counterproductive. I didn't say, I said I maybe. No, but I'm just saying for those that are interested... <laughs> That potentially, if you're feeling that you can't increase the reps or you you can't keep the weights stable, you don't have to uh, do anything. Stable, How about you, could you don't have just to do reduce, anything? You could exactly. You could just reduce I'm the weights. I'm just saying you could just go and train. And you could do less reps, and you should just do what you can. And if you even make it to the gym and you're feeling, then that in itself is a is a huge benefit. I will say though, but for and women, you just got to take it case by case. 
you know nobody can tell you how you feel or how your body feels um and if you do have a coach it's always best to have two two-way communication with them and if you are suffering from a little bit of back pain or joint pain you need to go in and tell your coach before the session that this is how you're feeling and where your energy levels are at so that they don't disregard that altogether and then just smash you into the ground which is which generally most trainers as it's just our common goal our common gear not our not our common goal but we (laughs) like to you know you like to make sure everybody gets a good workout so you want to kind of push them to the higher end majority of people that we're probably talking to right now you probably don't have a coach and that's completely normal you know we're obviously online coaches so we're obviously going to talk about coaching Mm. but i'm just saying if you want to exercise shouldn't be something where you feel like you constantly need to push yourself in it the reason I say this is because there's different goals when it comes to exercise and if you are around and you're just wanting to exercise for your mind and to feel good that is perfectly fine Mm. and if you are going around a period you don't feel like doing Mm. you're going for a brisk walk on a treadmill or Mm. going and just doing a light full body workout don't put heavy expectations on yourself you know just do what you can just do what you can yeah I mean exercise has been proven to to help look this is not everybody again but a large percentage of women going through them you know bleeding it is shown to really help you know stuff like swimming has been proven to be like very very beneficial for going you know when you're going through your um, Mm. menstrual cycle or Mm. bleeding phase um so yeah look like i wouldn't say go and jump into a hit workout jump about all over the floor and do everything Uh, hectic i guess that's yeah i mean uh, but then I also wouldn't say go and deadlift your absolute PB no, if you no. can. Like I've PB'd in my bleeding phase, but you I definitely can. not in my loose phase. You certainly can, but it's it's a it's it's a case on case. Yeah. Individual, like some people can feel a certain way and just muscle their way through it, regardless of how they feel. Does that make it right? No. Does that make it wrong? No, it doesn't. It just depends on the individual. Go in you know see yourself as ticking off a self-care habit even if you've arrived at the gym or or doing some form of movement through uh walking or gardening or household chores you know as long as you're kind of adhering to some level of movement you shouldn't put too much of a you know emphasis or you on being perfect or put high expectations on yourself for achieving certain things when your body's going through such vast changes in hormones yes on a day-to-day basis and it's really hard for for men to really understand uh these changes and we obviously you know because we don't go through them we um not disregard them but we see, don't see i think a lot of men do disregard you don't, it yeah like I it's always been that. like taking the piss out on like a birthday card of like a woman being extra hormonal yeah. or like having a hot flush sometimes you can find see the funny side in it sometimes you literally cannot no. like i would say i'm in that mood right today like actually but i think if you are choosing to be with a woman 
Yeah, you should have some understanding because it just makes you, life so much easier when you know. Okay, Mark, you, you just can, said you avidly like winding me up around yeah, my period. So that's it's not for entertainment value. It's not entertaining, Mark. I find it funny, but it's Do you fine. know what I imagine when you say that? <laughs> yeah, None of it's got romance in, in it. Stabbing me in the face. Stab- with okay, a knife. okay, somebody's no, going to knock on our door for domestic abuse at this rate. Can we just stop? <laughs> you know. I can defend myself. Um, yes, but I it does. It makes. It makes. It does make your life uh that much easier is coming from a man once you understand you know these uh, these adjustments because then you can obviously be very uh helpful no you you're not helpful nothing about a man and a woman going through a period is helpful if anything you're like oh really i get you the hot water bottle for your tummy when have you ever bought me a hot water bottle all the time. If you're listening to this, don't believe that Mark fucking <laughs> brings me a hot water bottle. Roses. Loads of fucking roses. When yeah. was the last time you bought Turkish me flowers? Turkish delight. I don't like Turkish delight. <laughs> so here we go. Like you're getting all of the boxes crossed right now, not ticked. Um, if you are a woman and you're married, no. If you're a man, and you're married to a woman, or you're in a great relationship, a partnership with a woman. Yeah. You should mm-hmm. spend a little bit of your time you know reading about something doesn't need to be much it's not a book yeah. it could be just literally a leaflet our that... instagram our, ins- our instagram shame uh, you know plugging our plugging our work plugging our work yeah. i mean we're the least plugging people we it's don't actually. plug we just don't plug anything other than no just... plugging or pegging happens pegging what do you mean pegging yeah it's a it's a, it's I said, a joke. this is a male joke it's is it joke. yeah it's like <laughs> But no, I think if you are, then like, please, like, you know, your your partner might be on a contraceptive pill, which sometimes makes things a lot easier for women to, to manage. But I don't think it's necessarily the best answer for a lot of for a lot of people. Mm. But you are going to see whether or not a woman is on a contraceptive pill. You know, you are going to see those changes mm. in mood, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And it's about time that you realized that women go through this and Mm. that if you're wanting to have the best relationship when it does happen every month keep it smooth keep it smooth what the fuck do you mean by keep it smooth yeah just by by being mindful to your partner's adjustments and adaptations you can Okay, I wouldn't say we're perfect though, Mark, because we probably no. have our biggest arguments when I'm around. Yeah, obviously, but that's it's the way it's just normal. I think you know, yeah, obviously, like you know, I, 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 as I said, I can feel it in myself when I can literally feel it boil inside of me, and I'm like, I'm getting annoyed. I know I'm due on my period for fuck's sake, like don't kill him, like you know. But if you are planning on spending a lot of time around women in your life, mm. and you want them to potentially reproduce at some point with your children and all of this, you need to also understand the impact it has on a woman and that you must be sympathetic towards it. And potentially you'll listen to this and you are a man. Well done, you've got this far. Um, But in a workplace also, if you're an employer and you employ uh, women in your, which I hope you do, do you know what I mean? Unless obviously, you know, it's like, sorry, just going to... What is this the 1900s? Well, let's yeah. talk about gender pay gap, can we, or not? Yeah, we can. Yeah, well, we we can. can. Let's get, <laughs> let's let's get, get right into it. it. Yeah. Um, you should be aware that your female employees will, will go through this. Yeah. And as a business, you also need to understand if they don't necessarily perform. Yeah, as managing well as they expectations, can. you know, um, like Georgia said, like you see it around the workplace and um, 
it's it is unfair to a certain degree to have expectations uh for example uh working in a gym environment and expecting your staff uh to hit x amount of targets or sessions per day oh my god you could talk about recruitment hitting a target like a state agency anything sales you know there are moments where yeah in any in any aspect where you know placing those added expectations on especially being a male employer you know it's very difficult to to yeah, and That's I think we'll end it with the fact um, that, like, as we said, we'll definitely do another... We're going to be doing podcasts on stuff like, uh, well, menopause and HRT, obviously hormone replacement therapy, and things that are will help women. But, you know, it's going to happen... Changes are going to happen throughout the whole of your life. Yeah. And I think it's something that we should all be prepared for and also people surrounding us are also prepared yeah. for. So Cognizant. What was that? cognizant cognizant well done word of the day cognizant i can't spell it because i don't know how to spell at the best of times yeah um anyway but that's just a little bit general chit chat on menstrual cycles um we probably will at some point go into it again Um, and if you have any questions uh with regards to anything to do with menstrual cycles please uh let us know drop us an email um, uh, or, or a DM on, on Instagram or any social platform. And um, yeah, we'll be more than happy to point you in the right direction. Yeah. So um, thanks for listening today, guys. We'll be back with episode nine yeah. briefly next week. Um, next week. Yeah, we'll be back. Anyway, thanks for listening and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.